Our text tonight is John chapter 8, just verse 12. So we reflect on Jesus as the light of life. It says in John eight twelve again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Maybe in high school you, you had to read The Adventures of Tom Sawyer. And one of the scenes in that book is Tom and his recently betrothed Becky go uh, exploring a cave. And they get off from the other group and they realize that they're lost and they haven't properly uh, tracked where they've been. And so they don't know the way out. And they have a limited candle supply, and they're trying to find their way out to no avail. And and the candle is flickering, and we're told this in that book. The children fastened their eyes upon their bit of candle and watched it melt slowly and pitilessly away. Saw the half inch of wick stand alone at last. Saw the feeble flame rise and fall, climbed the thin column of smoke, lingered at its top a moment, and then the horror of utter darkness reigned. That now these these young children are are trapped in this dark cave with uh, no way or no plan and no idea how to get out. What a horrible situation to be in. What fear would would overcome you as you're in this labyrinth of a cave and, and, and it's completely dark. And I think that pictures for us uh, mankind's position outside Christ, that we are in uh, our, the darkness of our sin. We are, as it were, in this dark labyrinth of a cave, and there's no escape, there's no hope in our ability to get us out of this dark cave. And that we are sentenced to death uh, in this uh, pitiful position. And so as we talk tonight about Jesus as the light of the world, that sets up the contrast uh, for us. And so I want to reflect on what does it mean that Jesus is uh, the light of the world. There are three headings uh, for us tonight to think about this text. First is our need for the light. Our need for the light. Scientists tell us that if the sun would happen to to burn up, within a week, the average surface temperature on Earth would be zero degrees, which, to compare, it's it's about 57 degrees currently. And that in a year's time, without the sun's light, the, the average surface temperature would be negative 100 degrees. And the, and the point is that, uh, physically speaking, uh, life cannot exist without the light and heat of the sun. That perpetual darkness would lead to a lifeless planet. And the same is true uh, for us spiritually, that without spiritual light, we are spiritually lifeless. And the scriptures tell us that we are born in a spiritually lifeless situation. That we are born in 
utter darkness. A few verses for our reflection here in Ephesians 4, 17 and 18, it tells us, Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. So Paul says, in your unconverted state, you, you were darkened in your understanding, that your mind was futile. This is echoed in Romans 1 verse 21, that they, uh, although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but the, they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. That our understanding, our hearts are darkened, they're calloused by sin. We have a foolish mind, naturally. It's a mind that loves our own ways as opposed to God's ways in His commandments. It's a mind that would worship a rock as opposed to the one who made the rock, the true and living God. It is a mind that is hostile to God. It is a mind that is hard towards God and a heart as well. We see this pictured for us in in John's Gospel at the beginning of the Gospel in chapter 1. That Jesus was the light of men, we're told. The light shines in the darkness. Jesus is the true light, John 1, 9, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Yet he was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. So here is Jesus, the light of the world. He comes in the world, and they don't recognize him as the light. It's like telling someone, look at the sun, it's out. No, it's not. You have to be blind to, to miss the light of the sun. You have to be blind spiritually to miss the light that Jesus is. And that is our natural condition. Our darkness is such that Jesus as the light shows up into the world and they did not recognize him. They didn't distinguish Jesus from any other men. He, he was just the carpenter's son. He, he wasn't formally educated. He, he was not raised uh, like re- the religious teachers. He was from the boonies. What good can come from Nazareth? And they simply didn't ignore him. They executed him as a criminal. This uh, pictures for us the universal darkness that is in our hearts. It's heart hardening. It perverts our understanding and it produces an ignorance of the things of God. It thwarts our desires. In John chapter 3, verse 19, Jesus says, And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. In our darkness, we love our darkness. We love our sin. But where does this lead us? It, it, 
as, as uh, Ephesians told us, it, it alienates us from life of God. This is what we call total depravity. All of man, all the parts of man are affected by sin. There is not one ounce of spiritual life naturally in any one of us. We are dead in our sin. We're in that cave, and there's no candlelight, and it's dark. It's where we are spiritually. The problem is, it's even worse than that. We don't recognize we're in the dark. And in fact, we love the dark. John 3.20, everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light lest his works should be exposed. People love their darkness. They love their sin. Forget God and his commandments. Forget his ways. I know what it says, but I love my way. I love my sin. So we cannot say, I love God and practice wickedness. You cannot love what God hates and say that you love God. And you might be saying, so what? I love my sin. I love my darkness. Well, Jesus says, for those who are in darkness now, there is a darkness to come. That that all those not converted... All those who have not come to Christ, Jesus says, will be cast into outer darkness. This is the place of torment where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth forever. That yes, we, we, we see hell described as a furnace and fire, but hell is dark. It's a place of utter darkness and separation from all that is life. And for those who are in walking in spiritual darkness now will live in physical darkness forever under the torment of the wrath of God because of their failure to come to the light. And this is our position, every single one of us, in our natural state. But we don't have to remain in this state, which leads me to my next point. God's provision of light in Christ. That here we are, walking in darkness, here we are, in our sin, and once again in John chapter 1, we're told that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And this Word was, in Him was life, and the life was the light of men. Jesus comes as God's light, as God's provision of light that we need in our spiritual darkness. Three truths about what it means that Jesus is as light. First, he is God's presence manifest in the flesh. That uh, most commentators recognize Jesus spoke these words, I am the light of the world, in the context of the Feast of Tabernacles. And in the Feast of Tabernacles, every night, these four large lamps were, were lit in the temple court. And uh, this is a, a quote that describes what, what went on often every night of the feast. 
Men of piety and good works dance through the night, holding burning torches in their, in their hands and singing songs and praises. The Levitical orchestras cut loose, and some sources attest that this went on every night of the Feast of Tabernacles, with the light from the temple area shedding its glow all over Jerusalem. So every night these big lights were lit. And the Feast of Tabernacles celebrated. God delivered His people uh, out of Egypt and, and, he, and He gave them the land. They no longer have to live in tents. They live in tents during this time to symbolize and to remind them. We don't have to live in tents because God gave us the promised land. And they light these big lights reminding them of God's presence in the, in the temple. And in this context, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And that statement was very clear to the Jews what Jesus meant. Because we see in verse 13, the Pharisees confront him. You are bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. So they confront Jesus. They reject Jesus and his revelation. Jesus is the Word became flesh. That in that tabernacle in the wilderness, for the first time, God comes down in the most holy place and, and he is present with them. That the light of God's presence is, is with them. And that filled the temple in Solomon's day and that. That presence was with them. The, the light that, that with the angel that led them out of, of Egypt was with them. And Jesus says, I'm that light. I am right in front of you. I am God's presence made manifest in the flesh. So when the world is walking in darkness, cut off from life with God and need of the light of His presence, Jesus comes on the scene and is that very thing. Isaiah told of this time, Isaiah 9-2, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. And think of the Jews. Their temple was destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar. We know from Ezekiel that the glory of God he sees visibly depart from the temple. And, and at least from my understanding, we never get a picture of that glory returning to the, the post-exilic temple. And so in one sense, God's light had, had been absent from, from Israel in a very manifest way. And so that makes Jesus' statement all the more clear. I am the light of the world. God's presence is now with them again. And for them, that is a matter of hope. Secondly, Jesus says light. He is God's final word. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 1, it says, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. 
But in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. That God spoke at various times in various places in the Old Testament, but Jesus is his final word. And just as God's presence was lifted and absent from the people, so was God's word. That we end in the post-exilic era, and the Old Testament canon closes, and then there's silence from God in terms of his revelation. That this is a people that was used to a continual stream of words from the Lord through prophets. And, and they generally weren't very positive towards the people, but at least it was a sign that God had not left them. God was still speaking to them. God was not done with them. And yet the Old Testament canon closes and there's a period of silence. And then here comes Jesus, the Word of God, made flesh. God had not left his people. God had not left this world in perpetual darkness. The light has come. He is God's final revelation, and he came to make known God's way and finish the work of redemption. Which leads to the final point. Jesus has light. He is God's means to eternal life. Jesus says, if you follow me, you will not walk in darkness but you will have the light of life. Or we could say, you will have the life which is life. That Jesus brings eternal life. That Jesus came in this dark world to take on the punishment of our sin. And remember, when Jesus is hanging on the cross, it's dark. Symbolizing Jesus is taking on our darkness, the penalty that we deserve for our sin. And and in one sense, his light is extinguished. He dies. The, The horrific death and penalty that you and I deserve because of our alienation and rebellion against God. But he doesn't stay dead. The light revives. He comes to life, signifying he has conquered death. He has conquered sin. He has conquered the grave. He has conquered our greatest enemy, and in him is eternal life. The Apostle Paul notes this in his uh, defense before Agrippa of what his mission was, Acts 26, 18. To open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light from the power of Satan that they might receive forgiveness of sin and a place among those who are sanctified by faith. So what does the work of Christ do? It opens our eyes so that we go from darkness to light. That we, we are translated from Satan's kingdom to God's kingdom. That we receive the forgiveness of our sins. And we receive a place among those who are sanctified. We receive eternal life. And Jesus is the only means to eternal life. We can't get that by perpetual obedience 
or, 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 or tried obedience to God's law. It's impossible. We can't get that from other religions. No matter, no, no, what, no matter what you do, it cannot bring life. Only Jesus brings eternal life. Which leads us to our final point of God's call to follow the light. It's natural to follow a light, especially if you're in darkness. It, it shows you the way. And Jesus says, I, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And that's a call to follow him. That's a summons to follow him. In the midst of this Feast of Tabernacles, Jesus is saying, uh, I'm, I'm the light of the world. He, he's calling out to this crowd and he's saying, do you see your darkness? Do you see your sin? Do you see your guilt? Do you see the, the condemnation and penalty that is yours? Do you see the outer darkness that is awaiting you for the punishment of your sin? Do the, you see the futility of your mind? Look to me, the light. And you will see your sin, yes, but you will see God's forgiveness of your sin. Walk in the light, walk in the truth of God. Jesus is calling those to follow him. He's calling us to follow him. Look back, remember what we said about our dark state, our our darkness we are in. In our natural state, we are walking about in darkness. We are under Satan's power. We are blinded to the gospel. We have guilt and condemnation for our sin. There is outer darkness awaiting us. But it doesn't have to be this way. Jesus is saying, I'm the light of the world. Come to me. Come to me, and you will have life. You don't have to walk in darkness. You don't have to face the outer darkness to come. You don't have to face condemnation for your sin. I have come to deal with sin. You can have true life in me. You can have eternal life in me. Which, which leads me to ask you tonight, are, are you walking in darkness Do you know that you're walking in darkness? Is that a reality to you? Recall Jesus' words. This is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. Do you love the darkness more than the light of God's truth? Does that describe you? It doesn't, because your deeds of darkness don't don't need your devotion. More worthy of your desire, more worthy of your devotion is the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't have to fear coming to the light. Some people might say, you don't understand, my darkness is dark. Well, the reality is our darkness is going to be exposed one way or the other. 
You either do it now, and now there's an offer. You bring it to the light, and it is, it's real darkness, it is real pain, but there is real forgiveness offered. That Christ will have you. Whoever believes is not condemned. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. You come to the light. Jesus' death is sufficient to deal with your dark sins. And you will receive forgiveness and eternal life. But if you wait, your deeds will be exposed. But it will lead to condemnation and judgment forever in outer darkness. So hear God's call tonight to come to the light. You can bring your sin to the light. The Lord Jesus will forgive them all and give you life in Him. Would you have Him? Would you forsake your darkness and come to the light of Christ? But for many of us here, thankfully, we can say we've come to the light. That, that we, can, we can say with the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 4, 6, that God who said, let, let light shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. That God has met you at some point in your life and showed you your sin, but showed you God's provision in Jesus Christ and you've repented and believed and that despairing darkness is gone. Your guilt is gone. Your your condemnation is gone. There is not outer darkness waiting you uh, in, in after death. It is eternal life with Christ in joy forever. You're a citizen of heaven. You're a son of God. Heaven is your home. These are the great truths of the gospel. So if if you've seen the light this this evening, rejoice. Especially as we come to the Lord's Supper in a tangible way. Reminds us of God's provision for us. That we, just like anyone else, could be walking around in darkness, ignorant, but God had mercy on us and showed up and showed us His provision in the Son. That we have followed the light. We don't walk in darkness and we have experienced the life, which is life. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for eternal life in him. We thank you that many in this room can say amen when Jesus says, I am the light of the world, that we have come by your grace to recognize this great truth. We do pray for those in our midst who may not know you, that your spirit, even this moment, would open their eyes to see the glory of the gospel in the face of Jesus Christ. Might they be saved tonight. And Lord, help us as as we reflect on these gospel truths in this supper that you have given to us, that that we might uh, experience uh, greater realities of understanding 
uh, and confirmation of these glorious gospel truths in our own hearts and lives. In Jesus' name, amen.